0: back to the ticket water cooler on 937 the ticket and the ticketfm.com
1: on the Ticket Water Cooler and on Fridays we like to get our Husker recruiting update from a recruiting specialist Brian Munson of On3 and Husker Online. Now, this week it's part of the gimmick here. The call might drop off at any time because Brian Munson is doing some scouting, get ready for a story himself, I believe, and going out to eight-man football land. Brian, can we hear you? Yes,
2: you can hear me now. I, I don't know how much longer you'll be able to hear me, but I am on my way to Ainsworth Nebraska to go check out Carter Nelson in person this has been a trip that I have been um, looking forward to it's going to be me and Sean Callahan and Steve Sippel coming out to meet with him meet with his dad who's also his head basketball coach and we're going to stick around tonight and we're going to go to his basketball game at five thirty. so you know it's it's such amazing timing I mean picks up the offer from Alabama yesterday I am I, I you know I I'm really stopping short of calling Carter Nelson a generational talent. Um, Mm. It it really is kind of starting to look that way, however, when you start talking about a guy that's 6'5", 215, runs a 4'5", and can high jump seven foot. I mean, I'm I'm really looking forward to tonight and getting a chance to watch him play basketball.
0: Now, what other schools are in on the Carter Nelson sweepstakes?
2: Whew. USC is one of the last schools to enter into into the picture. I know that Kansas State is pulling out all the stops to try to get him. I think that they had, you know, pretty much their entire coaching staff coming up to see him at one point. I know that, I know that Nebraska obviously is still very much in the picture. Uh, His dad did confirm to me that he will be taking a a visit to see Nebraska uh, here in March or April. Doesn't really have a date quite yet set up. Um, But this is, you know, Notre Dame. Obviously Notre Dame's in in the picture as well. It's just, When you say the word Alabama, and and I think that things, you know, really started to kind of, you had to kind of do a double take on uh, on a lot of guys. Like, I think it was really Ernest Housman was the first one I really kind of had to go, who offered him? Like, but it was like, you know, COVID has put these college coaches now in their desk, you know, at their desk, in their chair, on huddle, you know, checking out guys from not just their parts of the world that they typically recruit, but checking out players from all across the country and really getting a chance to kind of go in and examine this stuff and see these guys. So, um, yeah, there's a ton of teams here. I think he's up to 20 FBS offers. I think that I think Alabama was either – no, I think he's over 20 now. Actually, 20 was Louisville. I think he's close to like 25. But, yeah, he's got Louisville too. I mean, it's, it's insane how many offers this guy has. And, and like I said, I, I – I think he's fully aware or fully
1: uh, uh, worth all the hype. Well I'm interested too because I, I think it's, it's fascinating, obviously that he plays at the eight-man eight level, and sometimes yeah. you'll see kids even you know even from just playing the highest level in Nebraska go to IMG Academy or something. Um, so I'm interested to see if there's any thought to moving up or, or forward or if, but the fact that you got USC and Alabama already interested in you, you know what, what are you going to do how are you going to help yourself in that situation?
2: Well and, and I totally agree with that and I think that he both both his mom and his dad are in education up here at the at the community school in Ainsworth. So they're obviously very embedded there in the in the community. Their uh, their son, to your point, has already caught the eyes of folks in Los Angeles and Tuscaloosa and Louisville and, and you know, North Bend and or South Bend, excuse me. I'm 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 really to like the, the conclusion there would there would really be no be nothing that he could really improve on. He, being up here, you know, clear north of Carney, and that's where I started out this morning about about an hour and fifteen minutes ago. Um, there's really nothing more that he has to kind of do than just show up and do his job because he's already got you know
0: twenty plus offers. We're speaking with Brian Munson on Three Husker Online, and Brian, w- what would be like the hesitancy from? colleges universities to offer guys who are playing eight man football who aren't playing uh, 11 man football because you hear a lot of times uh guys playing eight man or six man the transition to 11 man the transition to to a you know college environment regardless um is a little bit tougher so so what have they really seen outside of the physicals from carter nelson that makes them feel um confident enough you know in alabama or usc to offer a, a kid out in ainsworth nebraska
2: yeah, I mean that's a great point. It's like the the game is different. the The scale of it is different because you've got the the different number of players on the on the field. The rules are different, and how things you know basically happen. And I I've seen both sides of it. I mean Terry Keneally, he wasn't an eleven a man eleven man uh, football player. Um, but I I think I think here with Carter, it's like. Look, he's a tight end slash wide receiver, and he's really played, you know, kind of a little bit all over the place. He's done some different things. His stats were unbelievable, um, but I think that the I think it's really about how it kind of translates to the Division One game, and you know, the game of, of catching the football. Well, that that's gonna that's gonna remain pretty consistent no matter what. Not necessarily the the, the same type of quarterback that you're obviously working with with either with you know, at both levels, but I mean. The athleticism totally, it, it totally translates at that. And like I said, he's a 6'2", 215, running a 4'5". And and I think that that's what's got everybody's eyes. And I think that they all realize that there's going to be at least a little bit of time that's going to take for him to kind of, for the game to slow down, for, for things to kind of, for him to get acclimated to playing the Division one football level, whether it's in Lincoln or or anywhere else going to have to have a little bit of time to kind of see things move, kind of catch that that spacing and catch how the field is different. Um, but that's, those are all things I think that he would be capable of making those adjustments. I think the athleticism side really, really helps that part of it out the most.
1: And I, I'm interested too, and, and I know when you guys visit with them, you'll get a better perspective of it. So certainly keep in in tune to Brian Munson and the guys they have at, at On Three and Husker Online for their stories coming out. But what are your kind of thoughts right now? I know it's early in the process of of him becoming a Husker, because I know you know back in the day you think small town Nebraska that's a lock, but who knows with these days, especially the offers he's getting. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I mean,
2: I, I had a good conversation yesterday with a former Husker in Kearney, and it's like. What we talked about was it's like these guys didn't grow up, you know, in that time frame of enjoying the successful Nebraska Cornhusker teams of the nineties. And and and, it's, and he didn't really feel like that necessarily was as, as much of a lock anymore for all these kids to kind of to kinda lead, you know, to kind of stay in state, especially like when you get schools like Notre Dame and, and Alabama and, and, and schools like that, that that wanna lure you away. Um, and in Ainsworth, it's not like it, it's Omaha. It's not like it's Lincoln. It's not even like it's Carney. It's, it is clear out here. And, um, I, I, I definitely, it's one of the things I really plan on kind of touching base about was just kind of like, you know, how, how connected does he really feel to Lincoln being where he's from? And, I mean, is, is that, is that kind of then open things up, the idea that he can potentially leave the state a little easier? than it would like a guy that's growing up in Nebraska, like the real legitimate backyard of the Cornhuskers.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be interesting following there, and then it's going to be interesting following just kind of jumping off Carter Nelson, a uh, few guys at Bellevue West. Uh, whether you're talking about Dave Von Hall or Isaiah McMorris, uh, Daniel Kalen, especially interesting with the uh, with the still the, the Dylan Riola interest out there. Is this? I mean, you just look at just Nelson and the Hall. You know, it, it, those are maybe nationally some top 200 type of kids. Is this yet yeah. another class that we're looking at Nebraska high school football stepping up and, and being better than? Than it, than it had. It seems like the last four or five years, there's just it's been flooded with D1 prospects. Whereas before that, it was it was you know picked here and there.
2: Oh, I I, to, I totally agree with that. I mean, you got two D1 you know nationally you know national attention wide receivers. You got Keila Benning that that's got mm. that's got offers from from all over the place. You got two Division one offensive tackles, and you get Carter Nelson, and you got Daniel Keelan. I skipped over Kalen, and Kalen's got you know Miami and Minnesota and Missouri and North Carolina. Um, this is a really good class. I don't think it's 2023 top to bottom good, mm. but I think that you know your star power is certainly there. I, I think you can put like your your Carter Nelson could stand up. You know, put him up there at least in a in a kind of a comparison like with a Malachi Coleman. Uh, based on the athleticism, based on the skill set, based on, you know, the potential, you know, and then I think I think Flores, I give him the edge over Kalen still, but then you got, I, I, I would want to say that, you know, you got two better offensive tackles this year than, than, the, than the guys that were there last year, the offensive linemen. So, if there's some give and take, and I don't think top to bottom, and I don't think they have as many this year, but this is still a very, very, very good class. It's sneaky good, and I think Omaha is deep. We even passed the 2024 class into 2026. There's some dudes there that are going to be D1. They're going to they're gonna get a lot of D1 attention as time goes on. Mm
1: what what is the delicate balance that Nebraska has to do with Daniel, Daniel Kalen? I think that's so interesting. Uh, where you know sometimes it's it's is if you're going to get Royola, does it have to be a one quarterback class? And if then if you strike out on him, were you too late and not paying enough attention to Kalen? Is Kalen even number two on their boards? What what is what is kind of the recruiting uh, you think approach from Nebraska with him?
2: Yeah, it, it's it's going to be a little bit of a slippery slope because I think Nebraska, you know. I don't want to say that they're all in on on Rayola, but I, I think they obviously they that that's the first guy they want to find out about, and they're going to give him the amount of attention that it that it takes to to, to get him and make and be really serious about 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 you know demonstrating how, how how important he is to that class, how important he is to the state, and I don't think that that lines up very well with what Daniel Kaelin has in mind. Because Daniel Kingman, if you ask me, I think he could be committed by sometime in March, maybe April. So that, that I think, doesn't really line up. And I think Kalen's just kind of playing the hand that he was dealt. I think that he's saying, look, I feel great about my options. I, I, I have Minnesota. I have North Carolina. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to go see Miami and I'm going to see all these other places. And, um, you know, I'm going to make my decision for, for what what you know for the options that I have. And if Nebraska really feels like the, that Riola is their guy, and they and they, and they don't really have a spot for me yet because they're waiting it out for Rayola, then that's fine. I'm I'm going to be confident and happy with what I got going on. And then of course you, you play the other side of that too. If Rayola decides that he's going to go someplace else, Georgia, USC, whatever, um, I'm sure Nebraska is going to try to reconnect with Daniel. But Daniel's a smart kid. I mean, talking to him face to face two weeks ago, that's a guy that's obviously he's. I'm sure he's thought through all of these scenarios. He's thought through the, the the idea that maybe potentially with Nebraska could try to circle back and talk to them if, if they miss on a Rayola. But I, I really feel like Nebraska is putting the best foot forward, trying to trying to go ahead and get and get Rayola. You're gonna see him in Lincoln in about four weeks. It's gonna be very interesting to see what happens. I've heard a ton of things about possible domino effect mm. that if. Some of the names that I have heard recently that could potentially be more interested in Nebraska than they are right now—it's—it's—it's it's, it's pretty eye popping, and, and it's going really, to I mean, I ran a guy today. On, I ran a story today on Zion Carney, who's a four-star, like ninety-two dot whatever four-star by on three, and he's got Nebraska in his, in his top six. We haven't even been talking about him, and he's going to visit. And, you know, and you have got Aaron Hampton down there from from Dangerfield, Texas. Things are going to
1: get really,
2: really wild.
1: Uh, Coach Rule
2: and his staff have Nebraska in a really
1: good spot right now. All right, Brian Munson, of Husker Online on three. I that that gets me excited because I was kind of thinking the same thing might might get rolling there. Are we talking about uh, Bill Callahan era esque like top top? 10 maybe if you get Donovan Ryle? I mean, can can Nebraska do um, what what hasn't been done in a long time? I know it's really early and really unfair to ask this question, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, if they did get Dylan Ryle, you're talking about that, that, that kind of effect. Um, you know, it, it, we always talk about all, you know, how Nebraska, you know, can finish in the top 25, and that's nice. But, you know, you think about those Callahan-era classes, that's when the talent yeah. kind of stacked up for Pelini to have his best teams, the best teams that we've seen in the past 20 years. Do you think that Nebraska could break top 15, top 12? Certainly the number one player in the nation certainly helps with those rankings if they can get him.
2: I I don't think there would be any doubt that you're talking about those types of numbers in class ranking If Briola decided to go to Nebraska – I think the way that Coach Rule and his staff could present that back out to potential recruits, I think that the come along effect, the pipe Piper effect, whatever you want to whatever you want to call it, I think it would be incredible. I think that that is a huge selling point for so many recruits when they see a guy of, of Dylan Rayola's caliber, you know, basically commit to a school, and that school then has interest in you. That has a tremendous effect. There's a tremendous pull effect when that kind of
1: thing happens. Mm, beautiful stuff. We, we, it's always good to end, end on a good note. So we'll go ahead and do that, Brian. We made it through the interview. You're out in Eight Man Football Land. <laughs> have fun with your story, and uh, we're, we're, I mean, we'll look forward to reading it because it's going to be a fascinating uh, what you guys come out of that. Uh, but thanks again for joining us. All
2: right, guys, have a great week. It should have something up tomorrow.
1: All right, we'll right. be on the lookout. Thank you. There he goes, Brian Munson of Husker I started Online. losing 100. towards the end there. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. But you know what? That was an awesome interview. We're, we get excited. It, it, I want to be excited for Husker recruiting like I was in the Callahan era. Um, and, you know, it's been mm-hmm. off and on here and there. And then over the last several years, obviously, without Nebraska winning, it just kind of gets into, like, it kind of gets frustrating because mm-hmm. it's like, man, even these guys, if they hit her, are, are long down the road. But, I mean, I know you're, you're the one that likes to throw the water on the Dylan Raiola conversation, but that's the reason why it's exciting. 100%. You can you can talk about potentially um, competing up there, and, in you know, that's – year in and year out, you know, there's always a playoff team that somehow, you know, came out of nowhere. TCU was kind of the team this year um that is outside of the blueprint, but the the blueprint to get to the playoffs and to compete for national championships is legitimately top 10 recruiting classes mm-hmm. basically year after year. And while that might be hard to get to, sometimes you can get an equalizer, and the best equalizer is that quarterback. And so, but if they can move up into that range even for a few years, Mm -hmm. um and similar to kind of Bill Callahan again that that kind of set the way for what Bo Pelini was able to do here
0: and I I apologize if this seems like I'm throwing water on the fire I don't mean to but I cannot wait for a time where when a kid in Nebraska gets an offer from an Alabama it's it's not impressive it's just like oh cool like that should be happening like these guys these guys out here are just good like yeah. They should be getting offers from all of these places. Or, or you know, Nebraska, or we don't get excited for Nebraska having an offer out to somebody who then gets an offer from an Ohio State. And everybody goes, oh, well, this guy must be good. Like, no, Nebraska offered him. Of course he must be good. I can't I can't wait for that to happen uh, when Nebraska is winning and and they're, you know, doing all the things they're supposed to be doing and is possibly in playoff talks where Nebraska offers a guy and it's just like, yes, this guy is good. It doesn't matter what other offers he has yeah. because a lot of other schools, they don't they don't care who else offers this guy. And that's kind of what Rule and them have been saying, you know, we don't care for the first one to offer first division one team to offer a kid. If we think he can play, we're going to we're going to offer him or we're going to see if he wants to play for us. So, uh, once that happens, it's it's going to be a great time in uh, in Nebraska land.
1: Well, that's how it used to be. I mean, there there was a time when Nebraska was the the Alabama where teams would go, oh, Nebraska offered this. what oh, we kid. should get in on we it. we got to lock in on yeah, it. Yeah, let's go. Uh, but, uh, of course, Nebraska no longer there. And like you said, um, they've been kind of – they've been trying to find some diamonds in the roughs and, and going places where, you know, quite frankly, not a whole lot of other Power 5 teams are interested. And maybe that will pay off too, as it has in the past for Matt Rule and his staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, exciting times ahead for Nebraska football. Of course, an exciting weekend ahead for <laughs> Nebraska sports. We'll talk more of that coming up next with Nick Sainab for the crossover as happy hour makes its way here at the top of the hour. We'll be back on 93.7 The Ticket.